Our next guest is a legend of the house music world. Not only has he had a string of high-profile releases himself, but he's also remixed for Dizzy Rascal, Kanye West, The Prodigy, and Basement Jacks. He's also a very skilled turntablist and technician, but more than anything, he's had a great friend of everyone down here at Thickest Thieves. Dorley, how the hell are you? Great, thanks, mate. Lovely to see that big smiley face of yours again. <laughs> Tickers Thieves crew. Tickers Thieves. Good. What's going on, man? Talk to me. Um, good, yeah. I mean, it's uh, obviously an interesting time in the world right now for everybody. Um, mostly, you know, just difficult, especially with the music industry. Um, without, like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of been, like, actually really good for me personally, something I needed. I was kind of so burnt out. It was unbelievable. Going into this uh, in March, I was just about to go on, like, a, a three-month tour around the world and... Um, my wife newly pregnant and you know the early stages of pregnancy so she was just starting to feel the morning sickness stuff so i was kind of terrified about going as well as like completely completely burnt out um a little bit disillusioned with everything just because of because that's what you get like when you completely got no energy left and um not ready to go on tour and i needed yeah you know, i was feeling like i was falling behind with my music and and just my health and everything so you know this the reset button has actually been incredible for me this summer it's been a completely different i live in ibiza so as you can imagine it's been a bit of a different ibiza than that's ever been or will probably ever be again yeah. empty beaches no no visitors you know no distractions so i've i've made like three albums worth of music and my health and mental health is much better than it's ever been i've, I've just like spent so much time with with the wife and the dogs it's kind of like i'm going to struggle to go back to uh back to normal life again if there ever you know if that ever comes normal again if the, but it's kind of like um you know obviously financially it's it's tough but also the amount of, it's expensive touring the world you know it's not you end up sometimes you come back with less money than you started because of the cost of touring and the the life you, of extravagance you sometimes leave on lead on the road just by just seeing all your mates like you guys that i've not seen and usually see you guys once a year and all i want to do is hang out and do things and and uh you know, you, you you end up coming back coming coming back with a loss, and it's it's actually I've lived quite a cheap lifestyle here. It's taught me quite a lot about you know my priorities in life, and and you know I won't I'll, there's no way I'm going back to that life I led before this. It's kind of like big reset needed. So you know it's not it's by no means ideal, and it's and it's hard to be it's hard to remain positive about it when you see all the the negative you know, the bad things happening to people in the world. But from my perspective, for me. It's been kind of a, a reset I needed, but you know I want it to all be over as soon as possible for everyone else because it's it's kind of hard to watch what's going on and not 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 be affected by it really as well. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of people, <clears throat> myself included, we kind of you feel like you're on this hamster wheel and you just couldn't get off. It was just like yeah. one gig after another, one event after the other. As soon as like you get a break. I mean, our winters were starting to get as busy as what our summers were two or three years ago, and it was just it was just never ending. Uh, I've really enjoyed the break as well. And you mentioned as well, or um, you seem to have been spending a lot more time with the family over the last while. How's that been for you? Yeah, just amazing. You know, it's like um, reconnecting with 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 family properly on even on like Zoom call. I've not seen any of my family in person because they're all in UK and stuff. Of course. So. Um, but lots of more conversations on the phone, lots of Zoom in. You know, the, Sheena, I've never spent so much time with my wife, Sheena, and the dogs. It's just been, like, amazing. You know, lots of time in swimming in the sea every day, big, long walks, no pressure. 
you, know, you like you say this hamster wheel thing it's so true like you just constantly like if it's not DJing, it's making music or making mixes for people, interviews. It's just really, it's the second you wake up till the second you sleep. And it's not just the, you know, that, it's it's, it's a life that I chose and I do enjoy. But it's the, the pressure of keeping up with everybody that's the hard thing. So I've never really had a holiday in my 20 years of career. You know, my life's a bit of a holiday because I'm constantly in glamorous places like Fiji and the Caribbean playing gigs in bloody Australia, which is my favourite. But it's not a holiday because I'm working. I'm constantly working. And this pressure to keep up with everybody else, that's been the biggest thing for me that's been the relief because if you do take a week off or even a weekend, you can fall behind so quickly if you're not staying on top of your game and making music and staying ahead of your technique and stuff like that because it changes every week. Pioneer bring out a new piece of equipment and I need to know how to work it better than everybody, you know, as well as the best so I can stay on top of my game. And, um, you know, that that kind of pressure has been the biggest thing that's been lifted because the whole world stopped, the whole music industry stopped, so you're not falling behind of anyone. Aside from a bit of, you know, some people have live streamed so much, like every day they're live streaming. But, you know, I'm, I think I've done enough live streaming to keep keep myself out there and keep my mind active and, and keep in, inspired with music. But I don't want to be live streaming every day. I think it's like, I think when things go back to normal, I think I'll have so much music to release that pressure won't, it won't be that, you know, I've, I've never been able to stay on top of music because I'll tour for three months and I'll make zero music in that time, bar a few like remixes and maybe a couple of edits and stuff like that. But then this time now I've got so much original music and the best stuff I've ever, ever made. So that alone is going to, you know, the pressure in my mind now is off, like trying to keep up because I've got releases lined up for three years now. And, and that's just a nice comforting feeling that I can relax a bit. And again, I've not really been on holiday because it's, Obviously, traveling and being in public isn't really a, a a wise thing to be doing right now. So, but just being at home, like I said to you, I had like a staycation this weekend at home, and just we just didn't didn't do any work, and that that alone is just like a nice thing to do. Amazing, and I love the fact, Dora, you said to me that one of the reasons that you didn't even go somewhere else in the island was because you just wanted a weekend to chill out with the missus and the dogs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got a, we've got a. I've got. I've, we bought a house here a few years ago, so we're in the middle of always loads of DIY. We don't get to enjoy. There's things that we don't. You know, I don't. I've got a swimming pool. I hardly use it because I'm too busy. And by the time I get get round to jumping in, it's night time again. And like, you know, just walk it. We live in such a beautiful neighbourhood that we never get to experience it. We're finding all these new beaches and and new walks with the dogs and just just you know you feel like I'm sure it's the same for any parent like. In, when you when you're busy, you don't really get to co- connect with your, your your children or your dogs properly. But just having the time to just sit there and watch a watch a funny movie and str- give your dog a good massage, you know that kind of <laughs> stuff is like I don't you, you, you neglect that. And by the end of the day, you're crawling into bed and you like you know you take your dog for a, a thirty minute walk instead of a good solid one. You know all those things are like it means a lot to them and they're happier now. You know they're all they're relaxed. They're, we have all these like. I remember, like, my dogs were quite anxious, like, same as I was before all this. And um, I started Googling all these techniques. I bought all these things for them, like CBD oil for dogs and these teddies that you leave with them that have a heartbeat and they, and they warm up. And you put, like, a heating pad in them and a warm... Uh, they've got a little heartbeat so they can cuddle up to them and you think there's some life there. And this dog TV thing that we found and I'm obsessed with now, it's like a 
there's all these dog, t there's, there's, there's an app called Dog TV, but I've actually found loads on YouTube now. And it's these people who make like kind of binaural music. I mean, binaural music something I always listen to when I'm doing like admin work or emails, which is these kind of frequencies that really positive and they kind of raise your vibration like, and keep you focused, which is something I've always struggled with with like ADHD. And um, so the, with that, when you leave like the TV on in the background or even like mixes, you end up distract, distracted down this Shazam rabbit hole on Bandcamp. <laughs> like, and you're like, well, I haven't done my work. So I'm, I hear one tune and I'm like, who's this? I'm on Wikipedia. I want to know everything on Discogs about them. And I've got to have every track they've ever made. And it's like the day the sun goes down, I'm like, God, I haven't done that thing I was supposed to do for Mike Turner. Anyway, but dogs, again, there's, this, there's these frequencies that, that dogs enjoy, like nice, like, calming music but also visuals like things that will stimulate them like it's got like dog eye view of like a nice dog walk in a field and then they go on a beach and then there's a ball flying around and then there's like and then it'll kind of keep them calm and they just they just stare at the tv but it's in like these colors that humans don't make out so it looks weird it looks like a 3d film when you see it but dogs see in different color ranges so they can see it perfectly which is like why they don't normally see tv properly and then there'll be like every couple of hours there'll be something like a dog will start barking or there'll be some birds tweeting or like, you know, things that dogs get excited by. And then the dog will jump up and be like, Woo -hoo -hoo! and the dog will get excited and run around and then it'll calm them again. So it gives them that separation anxiety, like stimulation that will take the mind off that. And they just, we watch them on cameras when we go out for a couple of hours and they just sit watching the TV, like, and then on cue they'll like run around and chase something and then they'll go back to sleep again. And they bet they just don't leave the TV because they're happy and it's, Things like that make you kind of like, it makes it easier to leave the home and leave. I hate leaving them. It's horrible, yeah, it's horrible leaving your dog, isn't it? We're, we're, we're such big dog lovers down here at Thick as Thieves, Dory. Like, I think there's, yeah. at last count, there's probably, we have at least six or seven dogs all within our crew. And I mean, there's some days you walk into our office and there'll be like six people and seven dogs in the office, you know? Um, yeah. But, and, and, and most of us have got rescue dogs, which is, Something that I wanted to touch on with you because you're very passionate about. I, I noticed from your Instagram you rehome a lot of like lost dogs and, and animals in general. Yeah, well, I, I do my best. I mean, like, it's, it's they're so cute. It's it's it, you know, dogs are dogs are kind of better than people. That they're so like they're so loyal and the the their heart is just like all they care about is just like being near you and just being loyal and. You know, like there's like if, if dogs were presidents right now, we wouldn't have the same kind of problems going on. You know, <laughs> no, yeah, it's, they're, they're just kind of like they're just. Amazing. I just want. I feel. I feel they're so helpless that like you just. I can't help myself. I mean, it's it's become a bit of a problem because I'm like, yeah. As as I get older, I'm becoming more of like I've realised I'm like what what I, what they call like an empath, and I I take on other people's problems way too much. Where it's like a problem where I'm not doing any solving my own problems. And another reason I end up in these kind of like, I don't look after my own my own things because I'm too busy helping everything else. I've become, you know, everything I'm like kind of like, in as far as insects and stuff, you know, I can't, I'll see a wasp drowning in the swimming pool and I have to go and I have to stop whatever I'm doing, no matter how important, and save it. And then it'll usually sting me and I won't learn my lesson. You know, even things like that are out to hurt me. I'll still, I can't walk past and see like a bugs in the swimming pool like, because cause what, what when I go and clean the pool in the morning, usually in the basket there's loads of insects or sometimes a lizard. And it's like it's a horrible way to start your day. So if I can, even that little thing, if I can kind of save like 
a little bug in the pool and just take it out to a bush and release it. Makes you feel amazing inside and like, it's, it's kind of, it's like, as we found a kitten last week that was like stuck behind our boiler and that consumed like four days of my life, like nursing it back to health and trying to find a home for it and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm the same with, there's a dog shelter down there and I can't drive past it without, you know, I, I have to try and like find homes. Like we, it's, I've done it my whole life really. We, we bought one dog when I, about 15, 20 years ago bought a dog and then that, that's kind of like that's the only dog I've ever bought because I realized like how many dogs are ho you know homeless and and being put down as well you know it's even worse than well yeah, there's obviously a big humanitarian crisis as well but like animals are getting put down because the shelters here have all got 300 in them there's a really bad problem here as there is most places you know and um they just get put down in their little eyes and you see them and you know you I have to try try my best to, to do it so we, we've adopted dogs like ever since, you know, wherever we can, you know, trying not to get overrun and, and try and help them find new homes and stuff like that. And, you know, the dogs, they're the best things. They've got a different kind of, like my, my two dogs I've got at the moment, one of them is my wife, Sheena's, who she, she bought from, you know, being young, you know, seven years old. And, um, uh, it, you know, that was, a, that was a purebred. And then we got another chihuahua now that's, that's Kuna that is um, she was like found by a bin and she had a litter of, she was like, she's less than two years old and she'd had a litter of puppies with a pedenko, which are huge, and um, just put back by the bins again. And, and it was like, it, she's the best thing that's ever happened to me. You know, she's like the most loving, caring little dog that you've ever, she just, she's literally follows me around. Is she, she's here now. Can Give us a look. She's literally, literally follows me around everywhere. Just like so much love, Kuna. She's my friends in Australia. She just follows me around everywhere. And just like, she's so, she's such a different, like all she cares about is just cuddles and, and just like, just affection. And she just felt literally just doesn't mind being, you can do anything with her. She just trusts, trusts you implicit, implicitly. Like when you go on a walk sometimes, she, she gets, she's completely silent. She's called Kuna, which means ninja in Japanese. And, um, She's completely silent. She just buries herself under things as close as she can to you. But then when you go on a walk, she gets kind of frightened that you're going to leave her. And if somebody comes near, she'll bark at them because she's like super protective now. But she's so gorgeous. And like, she's just like, you know, the, the, the rescuing dogs, like you get a different kind of like affection. I'm sure it's the same with, you know, children as well. When you rescue them from like horrible situations, they, they have a different kind of like perspective on life where the, the gratitude that they have is much big, like Nismo, on the other hand, she's a little princess because she's been treated like one her whole life. And she, she has to be like hand fed and stuff. And she won't be like, when you pick her up, she won't be held. I'll send you a picture later. She won't be held. She'll stand on you because she's in charge. She, she's got us all wrapped around her little finger. And she's anyone that's met her will tell you the same thing. She's just like, she's, she's amazing. They're so intelligent to ours. And, you know, she, she's amazing. But, you know, the difference between the two of them. And the, the the gratitude with this one compared to Little Nismo, I love them both equally. But you know, just dogs are incredible, and it's just something that um, you know. I mean, it, it, it's it's hard not. You I mean you're the same, Benji? Your dog's um, uh, adopted as well, isn't he? He's incredible. I've basically got a sloth in a dog's body, man. He's like the laziest <laughs> mammal on this planet. He just yeah. a couple of times I've tried recently, you know, take him out running with me, and if he if he sees me pulling out like my Asics trainers, he's like hiding behind the couch, kind of like, oh, let me know when yeah. you're done with that, mate, then I'll come out, you know? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going yeah. too hard, but yeah, he's, I mean, especially during, during all this stuff that's going on at the moment and, and the fact that I live on my own, I mean, 
he has been absolutely, I would say, the single most important thing for my mental health. You know, just mm. just simple things like getting you out of the house every day in the sunshine every morning, every evening. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and and just for some reason, I'm I'm happy to stay at home every day. You know, during this lockdown and just work on stuff for myself as long as he's by my feet. You know, it's just yeah, um, yeah, he's, they're incredible. You know, and um, I'm a bit, I'm a little bit worried that there's been a, a lot of people during all this stuff that's going on right now that have got dogs because they're working from home, but then it, the Australian shelters could end up pretty full again, you know, when we come back to, like, yeah. people go back to work and realise maybe them not being home in an apartment's not the best place for a dog, but hopefully it doesn't come to that. I mean, it's, that's the problem with Ibiza. People come here for the summer and they'll rent a villa and they bring the family and then they'll get a cute little... Pomeranian puppy or something and then the end of the season will come and it's time to go home and they, they realise they can't fly the dog so they, and they, they can't afford or can't be bothered to do the drive so they put it back in the shelter so every October the shelters are just like explode with dogs and then it's just like it's a problem you know it's, it's just people need to think twice before buying a dog there's so many like if you go to the shelter here whatever dog breed you want there's young ones old ones there's every every type possible breed you don't have to go like find, spend a load of money on a pedigree dog. They're ever, they're they're all there. The people who buy these pedigree dogs are just as like ruthless when they come to giving them away as well. And you know what what what's happening now is like these dog farms are popping up where it's like you know people that were previously into other like shall we say like not so honest forms of work are finding that you know dog being a dog farm is like you know another way to make a lot of money and it's it's much more like it's, it's not it's not punished in the same way or at all in most places and you know this it's become big business and it's just it's just not right you know and there's so many because because there's not really a when you when you go and buy a dog you know it's not like adopting a kid you, you get you, there's not really any checks anyone can do it so so bad people and terrible parents of dogs are taking them on and then just leaving them places because they can't handle it because it's not taking a dog on it's not it's nowhere near as hard as having a child but it's like it's, you have to give it your all. You can't just like leave them. You have to, you have to, you know, think about them like you would a kid. You can't leave them at home all day. You have to train them properly and take them for walks and give them attention and stuff like that. So, it's you know, they, you get you get what you get from a dog. Like they're so intelligent. Like I'll send you this video. Like my my dog that I had in uh, Huddersfield was a little Yorkshire Terrier, Timmy, and we trained him to. Uh, I trained him to play football with me because it was like I lived up in the middle of nowhere and I used to. I trained him to like. I kick a ball and he'd bring it back, like just dribble it. Incredible. He eventually got, I'll send you this like news article as well. He got, he got signed by Huddersfield town to be like their mascot doing these tricks. Cause he's so, so clever. And if you don't do that, we don't train them. It, it makes them less anxious and more confident when you train them. Like Nismo was our ring bearer at the wedding. Again, I'll send you the video and the pictures, but she's like, she, she carried the ring down the aisle without being distracted by all these people on cue, just ran down the aisle with the ring for Sheena and and we took it off her, and then she sat in our arms while we got married. And you know they love they're so. Into, I, I got again with the dog things. I got these little games that like anti. If you train them, it keeps them like it makes them more confident in themselves. And it takes like like just like we do with meditation. Like the brain's a muscle, and if you don't exercise it, it goes. It, it doesn't it doesn't thrive. So with dogs, like you give it. I've got these little games that you can buy online where you hide treats in them, and you have to like it's like assault courses, and you have to dig them out, and they can smell them and find them. And they're so good for them. And straight after that, they're exhausted. And they're like, because they, they, their brain's exhausted from it, just like from a good long walk. So, you know, things like that. It's like being a, being a good, good good dog parent, really. And 
Yeah, of course. They're, they're amazing. I can talk I, about dog- dogs all day. My mates call me all, my mates have all kind of nicknames for me, like Dr. Dr. Doll, little the poodle file. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of like, like I told you before, my, my mates in LA bought me uh, for my birthday one year. But some, some shelters do this, especially in America. It's a great idea. They get a load of the like cute puppies and cute dogs that they've got like ready for adoption, and you bring them to your house. You pay two or three hundred euro quid or whatever, and um, they bring a pen, and then they just bring like twenty or thirty dogs, like cute little dogs, and you just sit in this pen and they run all over your face and stuff. It's like my my idea of like paradise, and uh, and then all your mates want to adopt them, and you know the donation goes to the shelter. The dogs get someone to play with for the day. There's like it's just everybody wins from it really, and usually two or three people end up like adopting them it's just like an adoption drive but it's like things like that it's like it's i don't know it's, i'm a sucker for dogs and are they all are they all are these shelters that do this are they all puppies that were abandoned anyway yeah or like you know quite often they'll take in dogs and they'll be pregnant already and that's why they've been given up because they're like people are like oh god this dog's got seven puppies in them so they give birth and then usually like responsible shelters will um uh castrate or or just, uh, D-sex. What's the, what's the, yeah, what's the, what's the word for the female? D-sex. D- yeah. Um, so they'll do that, same with cats, just so they don't breed anymore because that becomes a problem then because they just, you know, they can breed from a year old and, and you know, before they even, if they're not separated, especially the ones that are kind of strays, they're just all just multiplying and there's nobody, you know, if you can see a stray cat or a dog, take it to the vet and, and usually they'll, you know, pro bono, uh, castrate or whatever them and, um, and then put them even if they even if they go back on the street, at least they're not going to be breeding and and more more and more. You know, by the bins here, it's just like, especially for cats, they're just they're just so many. It's out when I was trying to find a home for this cute little kitten, all the shelters wouldn't take it on. Nobody on the island could take any more cats because all the cat people are now crazy cat people who've got twenty of them and they're all multiplying. And you know, eventually I found a couple of people, but by the time I'd found someone, this little thing, we bought a cage and everything. It somehow got out of the cage, and we don't. It's it's somewhere around on our plot of land, tormenting me. Every now and then, I'll come in at night. And it's like meow, and it's like, where is it? I'm out with the torch, trying to find it. But then there's two of them now, so I think it might have found its mum. I even went to like, I put it outside my security camera one night with the cage there, loads of food and water, waiting for the light to come on, so I could, as soon as that, if its mum came for it, I could give it back to its mum. But it didn't happen. But I think it's found it now. So there's some kind of colony around here, and I'm constant. What do you do? It's like a it's a real dilemma of like, do you take it from its mum? Do you, t- you bet if you can take it to a shelter and get get it sorted and t- bring it back healthy? You know, it, it was covered in like oil or something, so we had to like wash the little thing for like an hour to get all the oil out of its fur. We got, we managed to get some weight back on it with some food and stuff, and cat you know t- trained it a bit with a cat. It was it, what do you do? It's it's it. Uh, you can't help everyone, can you? But you you, you know you're really good at. You know, helping people. You do. You're like one day there'll be a statue of you in Melbourne for all the charity stuff you do. And you know, you can only doing good things for people or animals or in, insects or what yourself. Sometimes you know, it just like it makes you feel good, doesn't it? Just like it's a positive thing to do with your life, and it doesn't have to take your whole life. It's not really that difficult. You know, it's just a good yeah. whatever you can do to help. In, in especially the way the world is now, these things only get worse. And you know, it's. It's just, it's just you, little, every little helps, doesn't it? If you can make change one life, like what we've done for Kuna, she'd be by a bin or probably the way she is. We cut, we have to walk her on a lead. She runs at cars, and I think that's because she's protecting us. But I don't know how she survived on the roads. And she's just like, it's crazy, you know. But now we've given her the amazing life, and she's so happy. And 
you know, if you can do that for kids or animals or whatever, it's a good thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, that's awesome, mate. And Dory, um, something that you and I have spoken about before, and it's in the same vein, obviously, I think, with you being a bit of an empath, um, you said something to me very powerful one time that stuck with me. And what it was, was it's again in, in, in that vein of like helping others and whether it be animals or people, but I know you're very big on mentoring. Um, I remember what you said to me at the time was if you ever feel depressed, one of the things that you do is you go and mentor other people. Tell me a bit about that. Like that was, that, 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 that moved me, man. You know, like it was, it was, it was, uh, I thought it was a great, a great attitude. Cause like a lot of people when they're feeling down, just kind of want to curl up in a ball and, you know, just feel shit. But like to actually go out and help other people when you're feeling down, A, it takes a lot of effort. But B, it's obviously something that you've figured out that you must get something out of as well. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's not completely selfless as well. It's like, you know, a lot of people, you know, everyone, uh, how many people are going through a depression now, you know, it happens to all of us and it's nothing to be ashamed of. And especially musicians and DJs and music industry people, because the industry can be quite toxic and, you know, the no sleep, the party and the, the you know, the, the approval and the, the criticism you get sometimes from just making a track and the seeing the hateful comments you sometimes get you have to have a thick skin but you know I've, I've been through a couple of like peaks and troughs in my career and it, you know it often leads to a depression and you have to find your way out of it and you know it's ra- again raising your vibration that, that helps and the best thing you can do is just help somebody else out because you know there's a, one of my favorite words is a word called sonder and it's um it's a lot of people don't you know empaths feel it but a lot of people sometimes don't consider that just that car that drove past then or, you know, the person walking down with a smile on the face, they've all got their own shit going on that could be much worse than yours. You know, I'm fortunate. I've not lost too many family family members yet. I lost my mum a couple of years ago and, you know, that hurts. And, you know, seeing, seeing, you know, I've had quite a good life really, you know, everything that's, all my dreams have come true in my career and I've got the woman in my dreams and, you know, yeah, you, but some, you might see somebody there and think, you know, if you just think, I wonder what they're going through and, you know, you should be nice to everyone because you don't know what they're going through. And like, you know, there's no need to just be rude to somebody and, and you know, just be nice to them because they might be having a, they might be on the verge of suicide for, you know, they might have just lost the whole entire family in a crash or the dog might have died or they might just got cancer, you know, anything could have happened and being nice to somebody and doing something nice for someone can be the difference between somebody going further down or realizing that there is some humanity out there. And, you know, do Every every day I look for opportunities at least once a day to do something kind of really good for somebody. It's easy in my position. I'm lucky to have friends in every country in the world, which gives me a kind of a, a different perspective, I guess, of like knowing people from every single walk of life, from poverty to billion millionaires, you know, who are like, yeah, it doesn't make you happy. You can be happy in poverty or you can be suicidal in, in being a millionaire. It doesn't really matter. And seeing all those perspectives and hearing those stories and it gives me this kind of grand perspective, but also it gives me a um, a connect a database of people that I can connect with each other, which I think is my biggest, the biggest thing I can contribute. You know, at, at this point in my life, I don't have time to go out to Africa and build wells and stuff. But what I do do for these charities is I connect them with, you know, companies that can sponsor them or ambassadors that can help, or just through my networks of social media, I can post building awareness and things like that helps people a lot. Or you know, connecting struggling DJs is something I really, I really enjoy doing. People come to me a lot 
with you know they're struggling with either depression or just like knocking on the door with the music and it's brilliant and no one's helping them or just like you know just being depressed or whatever you know I can people you know I've had friends call me on the brink of suicide and you know having been there I've got all the tools at my disposal to put them in the right place just meditation you know they need to go see people about addictions or um, you know, just someone to talk to about it. Talk, nothing helps more than talking about these things. And if you sit there on your own and overthink it, you know, get out in some fresh air and go and do some exercise, raise your endorphins, you know, just being advice for someone and being, it's, it seems to be mad how little people there are that are there to talk to people in the music industry, especially people, people want to want to be your best mate when you're hot. But the second you're not, you know, you, no, one t no one takes your calls anymore, especially if it's like, I'm, I'm depressed, you know, can you talk to me? They're like, oh, yeah, I'll call you back. You know, it's, it's, there seems to be a lack of people, and you know who your real friends are when you go through that and these times of life. And, you know, doing these things for animals and helping an old lady cross the street, you know, just being nice to somebody. That, I find things like in airports, you know, being nice to people who are taking the tickets. Airports are kind of angry places at times, and the poor women on the, on the desk there, old men, who are getting just shouted at all day, just a big smile and being friendly and being like, are you having a nice day? You're all right, how, you know, but just how long do you finish? Like you talk to a taxi driver, you know, the awkward conversations, but like, you know, giving them a nice, a nice interaction. It's, it kind of shocks them into like, like what's going on here? Like, and they, they usually upgrade you as well. So it sometimes works out in your, in your favor, but you know, that's not why you do it. You do it because you want to just be nice to people and just whatever you can do, like rescuing something from a swimming pool, like I said, or you Every day that an opportunity, if you're out and about, an opportunity will come your way to do something nice, give some money to a homeless person, you know, give some food to a homeless person, whatever. And, you know, it makes you feel good. You, you go at this buzz that you get. And I'm a firm believer in karma as well. And it feels like when you go out and do nice things to people, weirdly, these nice things seem to come back on you. All of a sudden you get that record deal you weren't expecting to happen. Or you, it, there's, a, there's all these books and these like, almost culty things that, you know, the, the books like The Secret and stuff that people, you know, if you, you, it, there's a lot of truth in those things that, you know, it does, it, you raise your vibration and you attract, you attract these um, positive things back to you and, you know, being positive to people makes them want to do nice things for you as well and again, that's not why, you shouldn't do it with an ulterior motive, you should do it, even, even if the ulterior motive is, you know, you want to go do something nice to make yourself feel good, you know, you feel good, they feel good, everybody wins really so what's to lose from doing something nice it's a great thing to do yeah amazing and Dorley do you do you have a <clears throat> excuse me do you have a like an official mentorship like is there people that you take under your wing for a fixed amount of time or period to do a specific purpose or is it just you just generally um you know try and help people with life advice I mean, I've always been like, I've always been quite good. I'm not trying to paint myself as any kind of saint here because I've obviously like, you know, being young. I've, I know you're not a I've saint. I've made every mistake. Yeah, you know that, you know. I've made all kinds of mistakes along, along the way and, and, you know, you try and learn from them. I'm definitely grown as a person. You know, I still do. You know, we're all human. But, you know, there's a lot of things I've done or made mistakes in that I can help people not make the same mistake, especially in the music career. And um, I've always like, since I was lucky enough to, to be mentored along my way like I've had the best managers in in the world and agents and um, mentors as far as like you know Green Velvet and Fatboy Slim and Pete Tong you know they've they've given me lifts in my career and taught me a lot and I, I feel like ever since things like that happened it happened it's really taught me the value of that and what a huge difference it made by 
especially someone that you're a huge fan of, like them taking time out of their day to just listen to your demos and give you some advice, you know, whatever, just whatever kind of advice that is. It's, it's made me want to pass that on. So it, the last 15 years, really, since I kind of broke on to you know, Radio 1 stuff and, and headline sets, I've, I've always wanted to, you know, help help with younger DJs and talent. I mean, it's always affected me going around the world and seeing these amazing DJs with no career and they're, they're, they're better than me and they're better producers and they're not getting a break. And it's easy for me to just, you know, they'll be sending their records to these labels and no one's listening to them because it's not their fault. You know, DJs aren't. We get... 3,000 promos a day, so you can't physically listen to all them. And sometimes it's just their name's wrong and it just doesn't sound right, so you don't listen to it. You know, so I'll help them, you know, change your DJ name, put a bit more effort into your presentation of your music and your artwork, and you know, that's not quite right. Let's I'll jump, I'll end up A and R and sometimes helping them produce a track, present it right, and when it's right, I'll send it to the label who I've known for my entire career, like Green Velvet or Tool Room or Pot Creations or whatever, and personally introduce them. And, you know, that'll at least mean that they listen to it. So if it's not right for the label, you know, I've generally got a good, like, angle on music, so I'll know if it's if they're going to like it or not, or a much better chance. Or I'll tell them, you know, shit, go back, work on it, put a vocal in it, and help them with it. Just little things like that. It takes no time for me. And it's something that I've always I've always done that. You know, in the Ibiza, I always take on two or three really good DJs that I, I bring along and I insist on warming up for me or I'll do my own parties. So if I play at Mambo or Pikes or whatever, I'll bring the warm-up lineup with me instead of just the same old island DJs that are a bit, you know, sometimes a bit tired and, and not, not you know, they're just, they're just known in the scene. But there's these hungry little DJs who, you know, incredible talent that just need a platform. And then it's, it, I get so much more satisfaction out of, you know, I've been doing this 20 years and as much as I try to be super excited about everything that happens, you just become numb to it and you know, I'll, I'll get this headline set at a great festival and my record will get signed to the record label that I've, you know, it's, I've, I've kind of achieved everything I've ever wanted to achieve. I don't really crave for any more success and I've got, I'm very happy at where I am. I certainly don't want any more fame because that's, it's the root of all my problems. Like the anxiety you get with that and the responsibility, you know, I'll get more satisfaction over helping somebody who's had no success just get signed to a label that they like and, or get a gig that they've, they've never played a gig, uh, you know, playing at Mambo and being getting all that kind of adoration. I get so much more from that. So I've always done that. And then what, what happened is like, because I take on too, too many other people's problems, I end up doing nothing for myself. And also there's a great response. When you get, when you get these artists to a certain level, I feel really responsible for them that I end up essentially managing them. And I haven't got time, you know, I have, I've got my own life and problems and, and records and record label to do. When it's my remit of music, it's very easy because I can sign them to the record label, A&R them, release it, do the artwork for them, make sure they get radio play. That's easy, you know, when, when it's my world and it's the music that I'm really into. So I don't mind, you know, it's super easy. But when it's like different styles of music and, and especially when they get up to a certain level, you know, I haven't got time to be a manager and be there 24 hours for, for people because that's the commitment that I don't have time to do right now. So what I did was I started these DJ academies called Orbit where, where I've got an infrastructure and a team in place. So I bring in, you know, the people I've got around me, you know, you know Don Ferber from Australia, of course. you guys. And, and um, 
you know, Jordan Hallpike, who's a counterpart in, who runs a lot of the stuff in Ibiza in the UK, and then Nick, Nick Wilson, who runs a lot of stuff in America and Asia. And then within that network, we bring in like mentors, like on the last one we had Gorgon City, I've got Rob DeBank, who, you know, Radio One legend and run best of all, the best festival in the UK, and really good with um, uh, meditation and mindfulness. We bring in mental health experts. I bring in all kinds of other DJs, like special guests and stuff that we bring in. And then, you know, production experts, engineers, um, press writers, like bio writers, photographers to get the, you know, the best possible photographer. So they come to us as like a one-stop shop for a week on these like retreats in a beautiful villa in Ibiza or wherever. And then we, they're with us for a week and we do just intensive. They just work their way through. They'll be with me for an hour on DJ technique. Then we'll have somebody from one of the top pioneer trainers who will get take them, you know, on a, what depending what level they're at, you know, really high quality technique. So then they'll go to an engineer with the tracks, whether they've got tracks, they'll get engineered and help with it, help them with technique, or they'll teach them the very basics in Ableton or or Logic, and you know, just set them up with whatever you know software they need to get started and sample packs. And I'll give them acapellas, and we'll get record box, and then they'll go, you because know, whether you, whether you like you've been doing it longer than I have or you've, you're a newbie. There's somebody in our team that will will team you up with, and then you build this network as well. One thing that I always find, you know, you want to build an artist network. A lot of the artists that come to me are from tiny little towns in the middle of nowhere. No one's into house music, no, or whatever style they're into. The missus isn't into it. The mates aren't into it, so they don't know who to play the music. And, and nothing like stifles creativity, like getting no feedback. You're sending it to DJs and labels, they're ignoring you. So with this network, we build you know 20 to 30, 30 students that have this group moving forward. And then we do the goal setting stuff. They all hold each other accountable. So when I haven't got time to answer their thing, they've already solved it within the group. They're booking each other for each other's parties. We're teaching them how to set up record labels. They're all signing each other. And you've got to start somewhere to start with. It's, you're growing your network and you're starting parties. You know, you might have 50 people to start with. But with each other's networks, they're all tapping into each other's social media, promoting each other's music. And the network's the most valuable thing. And we're, we're there to guide them and be there for the bigger picture stuff. But the day-to-day -day stuff, once they've got the profile, the press shot, the name's right, they look right, the, the music's good, they're on the, on the way to it, they can then help each other out. And then we have a support network that's there. You know, we'll have, So instead of it being all scattered in like, I've, there was a point where it was driving me mad because I have three Facebook profiles, Instagram, you know, WhatsApp, phone calls, emails, just constantly barraging me with like, help, help, help. And it got to the point where, I just, I just couldn't get anything done on my own because I was seeing these people and I was like, well, that's easy. I'll just do that. I'll just do that. And by the time I've missed, I've wasted, not wasted, but I've spent three days on it and I've missed all my own deadlines. So I did Orbit as a way to kind of um, organize my time better, get everyone together in one thing where I can help them exponentially more because it's not just me. It's a team of worldwide experts that can help connect them. And, and we get so much more out of it. And the ones, we're, we're getting so many success stories from it. And then after that, they can come to me and we'll do Zoom calls or, and, and not just with me. Sometimes I'm not the right person. Sometimes when it's like advanced studio technique or mental health stuff, you know, especially with mental health, if someone comes to me and it's serious, I don't, there's a lot of responsibility there. I want to, I want to pass them on to somebody who is trained to the highest level with that because, you know, one wrong conversation, if I'm not feeling good that day, and I, and I don't give the right advice, it could, you know, you want to make sure somebody's super trained on that in the same way as everything, you know, so I can, I can introduce them to the right people, and it's just better time management for me and them, 
and and again, you know, I, I want to help everybody, but there's a limited time where I've got, you know, I don't spend enough time with my wife and and stuff because I'm spending too much time helping everyone else. So the, the academy's been the most amazing thing, and now I've got a kind of uh, student. I've got almost a hundred students now through my academy or my private, you know, mentoring stuff, and and just the people I've kind of worked with along the way who just I've just found in clubs and. You know, there'll be loads of people I've, I've met in Australia there that will tell you, like Taya, and um, you know, loads of people who are along the way. Even even Dom, who's now one of our mentors, I met him on Holy Ship like 15 years ago, and kind of at the early stages of his parties, and kind of helped him with with you know finding some artists and you know helping give him advice with his parties. And you know, he's grown into a, a company there, and I help with his lineups, and I try to help everybody, whether they're promoters or agents, or connecting them with people because it makes you feel good and it helps. People like you who, who like you do so much for other people. If there's things that I can do to help you, I'm always I always try my best to to do your charity stuff or this kind of stuff because it's you know it's so what you do for everyone is way beyond what I do and the, the stuff you've done for the charities and the the, the I charity and stuff like the money you've made for that charity it's unbelievable you know I can only dream of being able to make that kind of a contribution and uh, you know it takes a lot of time up doesn't it and it's so worth it. Yeah, look, Dorothy, it's so worth it, and it's not like I mean, I'm I'm in a very privileged position. I'm able to I'm able to put time into that kind of stuff, and a lot of times, you know, when you see the I guess us like you know presenting a check to the foundation or whatever, like I'm I'm up there taking the credit for it, but like it's it's my team that are doing it as well, you know, like it's yeah. it's not just me. So, um, but yeah, look, I mean, it is definitely very rewarding being able to give back, you know. Dorley, it sounds like your academy's been super efficient in bringing all these resources and people together, and it sounds like a great uh, point for someone who needs help. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to approach someone else with a view to mentoring them? I mean, you know, you'll, you'll notice the people in the industry in any walk of life who who enjoy helping people and you know make you, you see you you'll see that like on social media and stuff. I guess they're the ones to approach, but don't be scared of approaching anybody. You know, they they can always ignore you or say no. And um, you know, some people enjoy it more than others. But you know that we do we we do a lot of um, like initiatives with our our academy and my label to help. It's because some people haven't got the same resources. Some people have a bit more money and um, you know can afford to pay to come on a retreat. Some people can't, and some people need it more than others. So we do these scholarship things that we advertise quite a lot. Which for every retreat we do like one free place, or sometimes two, where we do like a, a scholarship where you apply and you, tell, you send us some music, tell us about yourself, you know what you've been through. Sometimes it's like life life stuff that's just walloped you, and you need. You know, you need help, and and it's something like this can change your life. So we always, you know, look for those opportunities to help people that wouldn't normally be able to come and, and do these things. We do. Um, I'm constantly looking for demos from a record label. Um, if anyone wants to send me music that you think might be right for us, we do like house and disco uh, at Reptile Dysfunction. So it's um, demos at reptiledysfunction.club. Maybe I'll send you the email so you can write it. Send it. We'll put it in the show there. notes. Yeah, so please send me demos. We listen to everything we get, and I sign. I prefer to sign new talent, and I do, you know, established talent because it's just nice to do. And you know, if you see me at a gig, just come and talk to me. And you know, sometimes I'm tired, and sometimes I've got more time than I have than than others. Give me your demos on a USB stick or whatever. Be nice. Come and be sound. Like you know, one thing you know, you want to help people that are nice as well. You know, you no one wants to work with people who are 
you know, not not nice. So just come and be sound and 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 be fun to be around and show that you've got some talent. And you know, generally people will want to help, especially you know. Again, it's not all one-way traffic. We want talented, you know, thriving artists on the label because it helps the label. So, you know, you, you're giving me a gift if you come to me with good music and a good attitude, and you know, your ready-made package, or or just needs a little bit of guidance. You know, it give it's it's better for me to find non-polished artists that haven't broke through yet because if I can just make that take that eighty percent to hundred percent with with the music or with the their attitude with the the branding, then that it's more satisfying and it means they're undiscovered and you've done something and they appreciate that. And yeah, so you know, just come and come and come and say, don't be afraid to say hello to people. DJs generally hang around a little bit after the gig or before it. Just don't be afraid. We're all human beings as well. Some of us are a bit more approachable than others, but you'll find that out in ten seconds when you come and talk to us. <laughs> I think Dorley, um, one of the things you mentioned there was, um, you, you know, the fact that you guys are. Like you, you want people to approach you. And one of the greatest yeah. pieces of advice I got years ago when I was talking to someone about mentoring was always, if you're going to look for a mentor, always think about what value you can add to their lives. Because you, you, you're, yeah. you're basically going to ask someone to give up some of their time or their resources for you. So what, 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 what can you in turn contribute to their life that's going to make their life a bit better? And it seems like, for example, in your case, whether it be a label, if you've got like an unpolished but good producer or DJ, you know, that, 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 that's a win-win. And ultimately, I think what, when someone's looking for a mentor, they should be thinking about a win-win rather than just taking something off the mentor. Absolutely. And like, you know, you, the more you get to know your mentor, you'll realize their life's not per, per, uh, perfect and they've probably got weaknesses in their life that maybe I'm a big fan of like skill swapping as well. So, you know, along along the way, I've found some of my most valuable team members with um, my, my label manager, Hobbs, was the first one to, on my first retreat I did. And um, he was an incredible producer, great DJ, really good attitude. But his, his DJ name was Clean Cuts with a K and a Z, like, and, I, and he was making this really classy house music. He's like, oh, no one's listening to my demos. That's his accent. And I was like, mate, you know, you have to have these difficult conversations. And I don't care anymore. I've become, like, really good at it. You know, you're like, your name's shit, mate. Like, you sound like an <laughs> 80s breakbeat DJ. Like, I wouldn't listen to your demos because I'd just see that and think it was dubstep or trap or something. Like, have you thought about changing your name? You know, we changed his name. We got him some good branding. His music didn't really need much sent his demos to a label. It was signed instantly. I signed one of them. You know, within six months, his music's being played by Jamie Jones and Martinez Brothers and Marco Carolla. His, his music's charting on Beatport. You know, I quickly realized, you know, this guy's someone for the future with the label. We got to know each other more. Super nice guy. Incredibly talented. He works in, like, IT. Um, but So he's good at graphic design. Just really good. Just with every, just really, He's run labels before, radio stations. He's got all the skills. So he realized with the label, you know, having done a release with us, what the weaknesses were. And he started going, have you thought about this? And have you thought about this? And, you know, maybe I'll do the artwork for you. You know, I'll do it for free because you're paying too much for that. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll get the release set up with Beatport better. And, you know, we ended up, we had a label manager who was still our distributor. And he was, he was incredible. Like, Darren is so good. And, um, but, you know, I felt bad because he runs so many labels like Dirty Bird and hundreds of others. I felt bad asking him to do little things. I felt like I was bothering him. So Hobbs became our kind of like, he came an intern for us and he solved all of our problems. He took so much work off me and Sheena's plate. Sheena's, you know, essentially been running the label for 
since we started doing everything. And, you know, she she's do, taken on all the stuff for Orbit as well. So what happened with Hobbs is Hobbs became kind of our day-to-day with the label, who eventually just took a lot of it on board. And then, you know, eventually he, took, he, become our, he became our project manager for Orbit as well, which again freed up more time for Sheena, who's been running a lot of the day-to-day stuff from the start, and myself, which gave me more time to be creative. And, you know, he's given back so much that we eventually have now given him shares in the company for Orbit and Reptile Dysfunction. So he's now a partner in the company because he's so valuable that we don't want to lose him. And there's, you know, there's so many examples of that with, with artists that have become integral parts of our label, you know, staff members, because they've, they've shown some value and made themselves... What you've got to do is make yourself invaluable to the point where you've shown what you've got and to the point where other people are noticing, you know, with Hobbs, for example, other other DJs and, you know, the Dub Pistols, DJ Sneak, um, loads, loads of other artists, Bez from the Happy Mondays, loads of my friends have now given him work where to the point where we're running, he's running out of time to work for us, so we're having to incentivize him more to stay with us, which is great and what we've always wanted him. I want him to be successful. You know, if he goes on to work for a bigger label, then that's amazing. He's won and that, we'll find somebody else and that, that's... I don't want to ever hold anybody back. And the same with artists when we kind of look after them, when I'm essentially managing them. I'll, I'll encourage them to go and release with other labels. And, you know, the quicker they can find a, a top-shelf manager, the better for me because it's a weight off my mind. And I'll always help them. And I'll always advise them if their manager's making shitty decisions because I don't care. And I'll tell them if it's the... If they're with the I'll tell them if don't sign with that manager. I've been with them. The crap. So maybe approach this one. You know, I don't... And agents and, you know, whatever, you can advise them. You know, and you don't have to listen to my advice, but I've been there and made the right mistakes that the wrong mistakes, which can advise them. So, you know, it's, it's, you've just got to, as, as looking for a mentor, you've just got to prove yourself invaluable, you know, be in the face, but not too much. Don't be too needy, you know, offer, offer something in return. Be nice, you know, just be nice, be nice and don't be a dick and, and just, you know, I, th- I think more than you receive. I think what I'm hearing over the theme of it all is like you basically need to have the same values as the, as your as your mentor, and if you're going to mentor someone, yeah. they need to have the same values as you, because if they're yeah. not aligned, you're you're just it's just not going to work. It's just not going to click. Yeah. You cut them off, you know. You, and there's people that have like appeared nice, and they've been they've they've infiltrated your life, and they become they're around your house all the time. They're in your studio. They know your process. You, you've made essentially goes produce tracks with them with the amount of A and O you've done. But you don't care because you just care about them and you want them to succeed and learn. And then, you know, a few times, three or four times in my, uh, um, you know, sometimes it happens early and you, they show the cards early and you don't want to help them. And you just go slowly, you know, choose somebody else to help. But there's times when they've got to the point where they're almost the most important part of your label. And then they become like, they become their ego. There's this thing with young DJs where as soon as they get a sniff of success, they think they're God. And they start like, They'll, they'll become a bit cooler and they'll meet some more people and all of a sudden they kind of think they're a bit too cool for the label or whatever or they'll just start just not listening and just being a bit, you'll see they'll do, they'll get this ego and they'll, you'll see they'll be like, you know, like when, you, when you're dating someone and you notice they're mean to a waiter, instantly nothing changes your opinion of somebody if you're nice than them being mean to somebody and that just, they're just, bye, I'll just take, I'll help somebody else now because, you know, I've got hundreds of people every day vying for my help and attention and I can only help so many. So you, you want to help the people who are the nicest. The nicest people who deserve it the most are the ones that you want to help. You know, so Absolutely. It's a uh, GoPro's beeping. Yeah, so you know, you want to do your best for, for the ones that, that, that are the best people, don't you? Wicked. Dorley, 
Absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm going to start wrapping things up, but there's a segment we do in our podcast, um, and it's called Secrets from the Other Half. Um, yeah. So I'm going to give you, throw a few things at you that may or may not have come from your other half. Is it yeah. true that you're, that you like to sit in the toilet and have full-blown conversations out the door while taking care of business? Yeah, that's, that's always been a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a real believer in time efficiency. <laughs> and I feel like being on the toilet is a real waste of time just sat in, sat in you end up on bloody Twitter or, or the news and that's not a good use of time. So if I'm having an important conversation, I feel like if you can just be just out of sight and just do a courtesy flush every now and then, then what's the palm in con- continuing the conversation? Um, I feel, you know, like, especially when I'm on the phone to somebody, just try and, if they don't know I'm on the toilet, who's, who's, who's you know, it's one of them. You'll know now, anyone on the phone with me, and you'll, you'll hear a noise and you'll be like, oh God, he's on the toilet, isn't he? So yeah, I don't know who, who did, yeah, you probably, Sheena probably told you that. And yeah. the, 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 other, the other secret we got from your other half was that, and, and I'm actually testing to this, that you're, a, you're obsessed with matchmaking people. You've actually got a Google spreadsheet at home with all your single mates on it. And you're, yeah. you look at their characters and you try and line them up. And I actually, for our listeners out there, <laughs> I got a call from Dorley last week saying, hey, Mike, you know, I'm, I know you're single and I've got like, we've got this amazing friend in London who's she's single. We should set up a Zoom. And I was going like, well, is she coming to Australia? And you're like, Oh, I don't know, but we should set up a Zoom anyway. And I was like, Dorley, she's on the other side of the world, man. Maybe just try and narrow it down a little bit further. Yeah, this is like, again, it's me connecting and helping people. <laughs> I, what, what bothers me is like, there's people like you, and I've got 100 friends around the world in all different walks of life who are the most, I've collected this. I'm so lucky. I've got this incredible group of friends now, the most talented, gifted, nicest, just aspirational people you've ever met. Like, the problem is with people like that, like you, is you've got very high standards. And, you know, we, especially in the music, you know, going out to clubs isn't a good place to meet partners. Nah. You, just, you meet often shallow people who have got, just want to get wrecked all the time. You know, it's, quite, it's hard to find somebody in your town, in your neighborhood, that's got the same life ethos and, and drive. But also, you know, you're busy. You haven't really got time for, for a partner. But, you know, it's important sometimes, especially for girls as they get older. You know, it's, it really bothers me. So, yeah, I called you the other day because there's this girl. I won't say her name because she might be watching. It was, it, I think we might have brought... She, you guys would be the best couple. And it, you know, it, and it, you've, you, you, by the way, everyone, Mike Toner is single. Like, he's probably the, the most eligible bachelor you've ever... He's, he's the most amazing man. And you know, he, he, he will be. He will make a great dad and partner. And at some point when he stops being so busy... Now's a good time because he's not very busy. So if you live nearby and you can get around the quarantine <laughs> thing, then people are gonna think to go I paid you to say this shit, man. <laughs> but you know, like I've got loads of friends, and I've got I have got a, a, a spreadsheet that boys and girls, and you know what they're into, what sexual orientation, and you know interests. Um, you know where you know even like where they are in their life. Some people are you know going through something and they're not quite ready. Some people are just ready and they're desperate for kids or. Some people are kind of like, they're going off the rails a bit and they need a partner quick before it goes, because I've been there as well, you know, when you're single. It's not always, especially as a DJ, it's not good. It's not good. You don't go to bed. You end up chasing around at after parties. You need a reason to go home and like a good, Sheena's changed my life, you know. You don't know true love till you find it. And when you do, it, everything becomes better and you, you know, everything, a problem 
shared is a problem halved and you end up with a good teammate in life that really helps and it's so important finding love and you know you don't know it until you find it because you might have had a couple of bad experiences but yeah if I can help if I can help like find match people up and I do it all the time and you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but right now I'm trying to do it online because like people you know we don't know how long this is going to go on for but if I can get a bit of a Zoom conversation and get a bit of a pen pal thing going on, which is what I'm trying to do with you and my <laughs> friend in uh, in Ireland. She's in Ireland. Oh, she's based in London now. She'll guess who she is. But she's amazing. And she's just, you know, like Sheena, before I met Sheena, she was single for like seven years. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't, but I hadn't found the right person. And, you know, just because she was really picky and what an amazing woman to be single. And there's loads of them that are just like, why have you not got a boyfriend or girlfriend or partner or whatever and it's like it really bothers me that you know some some will admit it more than others some will some will be like you know i really need somebody and you want you want to help them desperately find someone but and then you'll see them making a bad decision and going with someone just out of like you met them in a club and they're an influencer or something and they're not that kind of person and it's like you know it's going to end and you're like no this one here but she lives on the other side of the world how can i make this work like <laughs> at my wedding it was like the seating plan was very calculated about trying to get some people together and stuff, whether it's on a work front or, or love life. But yeah, I really, I really believe in it. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to find you a good woman, Mike. And you have good women. I've met some, I've met, I've met your past, some of your past girlfriends and they've been great. And, you know, I guess like for whatever reason, yeah, you're both busy and sometimes you meet people too young or whatever, but there's a, anyone out there that's not found somebody yet. There's somebody out there. You just haven't met them yet. And it's, you know, it's it's putting. You know, don't be afraid of dating websites. Tinder's not the one. Uh, that's just for sex people. You know, go on the proper dating websites and you know look for the red flags. And there's there's somebody out there that's exactly the same as you that just desperately wants some companionship that's, that isn't just looking for a quick bang and a notch on the bedpost. And you know, but yeah, Mike, Mike Turner, I can take it from me. You've heard about my uh, my CV about being a nice person there, and this guy is. It makes me, he embarrasses me with his, with his kindness. <laughs> Dorley, finish off. That was fantastic. It was, thank you so much for your time. Last question. What is the one single thing that Dorley is doing this year to keep raising the vibration? I mean, does it, does it have to be one thing? Like, I nah, feel like nah. it's, it, it's a, it, everything, you know, it's, it's a little 1% of things you can do every day that, that help. You, you, if you just do one thing, it'll be a slower a slower result to get in. I mean, there's no, there's no finishing line. There's, it's, it's, there's no ceiling on your vibration and how, how good you can feel and how much you can be positive and stuff. And, you know, I think, I feel like it's just looking for all kinds of opportunities to just better yourself and grow as a human being. Like meditation has been the, the biggest, the biggest single thing I've found that's really helped me with like, you know, again, your brain needs a break and you need a holiday for anyone that's not tried it, especially blokes from the North of England, working class blokes they think it's like airy fairy shit but it needs you need like you need to give your brain a break and just focusing on one thing for a bit takes your mind if you've got a busy brain it gives your brain a little little break especially if you're having like bad thoughts this will take it off at 10 minutes a day and some clarity it helps you sleep it helps you get more energy and and you know it 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 refocuses your brain and gives you some kind of some some breathing space so that's been the biggest thing i've discovered but then you know there's all kinds of things you can do like stay away stay positive positivity is key and and avoid toxic negative situations and focus you know any people around you that are constantly dragging you making you feel shit 
or you know, unfollow them on social media. Just don't. Just choose different friends that aren't like that. Gradually phase them out and swap them for people like Mike Toner who inspire you, and and you know, focus on positive situations. You know, um, try your best to avoid the news and social media because you know, as, as good, you don't want to bury your head in your sand, especially with things going on now. But really, there's nothing good that can come from watching the news. You can't really. Unless you're somebody that's going to go out there and vote, you need to go and vote. Like, if you want to vote on a situation, that's good, and you want to be like aware of it. Then, if you're going to vote on it, then yeah, good. Or go if you're going to fly out to Africa and help in these situations or do something about it. You need to, you know, consolidate your your amount of time a day putting these negative things. If you're on the news and social media all day, it's just going to make you feel shit. But if you can narrow that time down to just getting the highlights and what you need to know post what you need to post and then just get the hell out of there you know that that's really worked for me and it's it, you know I have, I have my relapses and I end up in on there and you know it's straight away that you start feeling you go on the news and everything doom and gloom is what sells so that's mostly what it is you don't really get many positive news outlets having said that I've managed to find a few that I follow and I've switched my news feed for like positive news and it's nowhere near as interesting but makes you feel better than looking at all the bad things so um you know Daily acts of, again, daily acts of kindness, doing positive things for th- people. I'm vegan, obviously, with all you've heard. You know, I don't like to go on about it because everyone has to make their own choice, but that makes me feel good. I'm putting good things in my body. I'm getting more out of it. I'm, my, my, my body's in better condition. My brain's in better condition because I'm feeding it the right things. Um, and I don't feel bad about murdering anything. So, that, But again, I'm not preaching because that's my decision. Everyone's got on their own journey. And, and you know, it's, it's my education and my the things I've seen along the way that made me do that. So that helps. Being kind to yourself as well, trying not to, and I'm, this is the thing I'm really not very good at, but you just got to try not to beat yourself up about whether it's things you've you've done in the past or things, you know, if you do make a mistake in the daytime, don't just dwell on it. Don't, um, you know, if you don't do as much work, especially in this situation right now, sometimes you just got to lay around and be a, be a slob and, you know, not do much, watch your movies. Don't beat yourself up that you didn't make a track that day or achieve your, you know, move yourself forward. And um, sometimes you just don't move forward that day and you've just got to forgive yourself and, and you know, forgiving other people as well, not dwelling on um, somebody, you know, toxic things that someone's done something crap or, you know, you just got to forgive it and just move on because you dwell, again, I'm sometimes in my past I've dwelled on things too much. And all it is is just a crap way to, to live if you just got these negative thoughts in your mind if you can try and move past it and think do swap it for something positive then you move on and all of this has made me the most productive dolly i've ever been and making so much music and you know i still have my dark thoughts and moments and shitty days where i do something and sheena's much better than me and she'll you know it's acknowledging it meditation teaches you to acknowledge these bad feelings acknowledge it's there it happens to all of us put it aside and move along and and you know, Sheena's my uh, little my guru on that. She'll she'll I'll be having a conversation, and she'll like stop talking about that. Let's talk about this, and it's like, sorry, yeah, okay. Sometimes I'll just keep nagging about it. And you know, some days you have better days than other. But if you do all these things, it'll help. Your vibration will go up, and you just got to try and stick to all of them. There's loads of loads of things. I'm sure you're going to get some great advice. The caliber of guests guests you've got on this podcast are some of the most amazing people I've ever met, and you know, you're gonna. Dorley, it's, it's, all just, it's all just people who I've genuinely had a really amazing connection with. You know, you know most of the guests coming up and yeah. it's all people that are, you know, 
like what we discussed with the mentorship, I've, people I feel I've got the same value system as, people who think, people who are nice. Like there'll be, there'll be nobody coming on here who's not a nice person, you know, that's a ground rule. But on that note, Dorley, look, I just want to say thanks so much for your time today. It's been very insightful. I love hearing how enthusiastic you are about dogs and also your willingness to help other people. I think it's something that uh, we, we definitely share a common uh, theme. And I can't wait to see you, give you a hug, go for some food. Yeah. God knows when that'll yeah. be, but um, hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later. Yeah, same and everyone that's sick of Steve's and you know, it's no secret that Australia is my favourite my favourite place to play. I, I love everyone, you know, especially in Melbourne at Revolver and stuff, you know, it's like it's the best you guys have got it so lucky there, you've got the best scene in the world and don't ever take that for granted because, you know, we all love coming there and it really hurt this year not being able to come. I feel like a, a big chunk of my life's gone and a lot of my friends there. So, you know, I know you guys are going through a bit of a rough one at the moment. We've all been we're all going through it. Try and stay positive, and I can't wait to see you all again. Take it easy, Dorothy. Thanks so much, bro. Peace out. See you later. Take care.